Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Is it possible for two people who do not speak the same language to meet and to fall in love and maybe even get married? Is it possible? Man, I'm so proud of y'all for knowing the right answer. Gold star for everybody, especially over here. Y'all will work on you. But, but, but thank you. Thank you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. As I was preparing for this message, I got to kind of thinking about that. And uh, I was actually just talking to an awesome guy backstage. He and his wife did not speak the same language when they first met. And they got married. And they're thriving. But here's what I do want to tell you. Is it possible? Yes. Is it possible to stay married long term? without being able to communicate? Absolutely not. Man, y'all are doing good. Y'all are doing good. Y'all could do a how-to lesson for some of our other services. Um, Anyway, so uh, here's what I want to share with you. We're going to start today with a few passages. My title for today is How to Speak in Love, and you'll see why the in love is on there in just a minute. But uh, uh, Ephesians 4 and 15 says this. uh, This is one of the first three that we're going to look at from the Apostle Paul. And he says, speaking the truth in love, we should grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. This is uh, the same author. This is what he says. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, here's what I wanted to do with today's message. I wanted a big sound effect right there where it was like, you know, and then I was like, I want them to stick around. I don't want to give anybody a heart attack. We're not going to do that. But here's what I'm telling you. If you've ever heard a loud gong or a loud cymbal just struck out of the blue, it's a little alarming, right? It's a little unnerving. But when you hear that in a symphony, in an orchestra, it's in its proper place and it's great. But if you just hear the noise, and like I said, it's a little unsettling, but if you just hear that, then it's just noise. So if I can communicate to you in every way in the world except for the one that you can understand, then I'm just making noise. Has anybody ever spoken to somebody that speaks a different language and you catch yourself like talking louder, hoping that that'll magically let them understand what, right? Anybody ever traveled to another country and you're like, no, I said cheeseburger. It doesn't matter how much noise you make. If you can't communicate in a way that they'll understand, you're just making noise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Twelve verses later, verse 13, he says, and this is like kind of wrapping things up, putting a bow on it, if you will. And he's like, after everything else has passed away, if, and now these three remain. Say these three with me out loud. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. You know, I remember my grandmother actually had a framed, I don't know what it's called. It's like when you knit something, but it's actually art, and then you put it in a frame. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And she had this one, and I read it every time I went into her bedroom, which you weren't allowed to do, but every time I went into her bedroom, which was probably all the time, by the way. Uh, I was kind of a rule breaker as a child. But, but every time I would go in there, because that's where the good air conditioner was. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I would go in there <laughs> every time, and I would read that because it was the only thing on the wall that I could read. And it was drilled in me from a young age. And I want to tell you that there's power in that text. Because if love is the greatest in marriage of all places, that should be a priority. 
If love is the greatest, that should be our priority. Here's the bottom line for everything we're going to talk about today. And I want you to lean in and listen close, okay? Uh, If you cannot communicate love, then you can't communicate your love. So imagine being married, being dating. What about even a friend, maybe your kids, your coworkers that, you know, the coworkers that you like, not not that other guy. Everybody knows that guy. Don't nobody talk that. The ones you like, if you can't communicate love, then you can't communicate your love. Which leads me to kind of our topic for today. And uh, we're going to be looking at some information from a wonderful book. You may have heard of it. You may have read it. If you haven't, I'm going to recommend it. The audio version is even better because he tells jokes, which my brain needs to stay on target. But it's called The Five Love Languages, and it's by an author by the name of Gary Chapman. Anybody heard of it? Okay. The rest of us have heard of it and just haven't read it yet, right? Okay. So um, we're going to be talking about that because here's the thing. Did you know that me and you, we probably communicate love in a different way? And if we don't communicate it in a different way, I'm willing to bet that we receive it in a different way. Anybody ever notice that in in your marriage? Maybe you kind of receive love different than your spouse. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Chances are you are communicating your love in a way that you understand. But anybody ever had a a miscommunication in marriage, dating, anything like that? I'm the only one? Yeah, that's right. A lot of them. I got 15 years of... 15 years of things that don't work that I can share with you today, okay? And I'm going to be doing that, but um, here's, here's why this is so important. While learning how to communicate in your spouse's love language is so important, okay? It's because marriages are falling apart and dying each and every day. Like statistically, some have already died this morning in the time we've been talking, okay? So, if that's happening, then imagine, you know, the families with young kids. You know, those kids are being put in places, you know, and the older ones are having to decide, do I live with mom, do I live with dad? They're getting pit against one another, and all of a sudden, dad's the bad guy, mom's the bad guy. Who has the better Christmas gifts? And they're having to figure all this stuff out. But it's important. It matters because your marriage matters. Whether you're married today or you might be married another day, whether you're single and you can just apply this in your friendships, even if you have no plans of ever getting married, you're going to get something out of today's message if you'll stay with me. Uh, here's the, back, back to the married couples for a second, though. I'm convinced. And listen, if, if you're not married or recently divorced or ever divorced, I, today's not about beating you up, okay? We're learning together today. Amen. I just want to say that in the beginning, okay? Ain't nobody a punching bag today. Here's what I want to tell you. I am convinced more than almost anything in the world that all problems in a marriage or a relationship or a dating relationship or in a friendship, I'm convinced that all of those problems started with a breakdown of communication somewhere down the line. It doesn't have to be today. It could have been 35 years ago. That breakdown in communication could very well have been an uncommunicated expectation. And we're mad at somebody because they didn't do what we thought they would do. But we didn't communicate it. Unmet expectations. It could be from from just an uncommunicated need in a marriage. You know, if you know your love language and your spouse doesn't and you haven't communicated that, it ain't their fault. It's yours. It's yours. Here's what I want to tell you is that if you read the book, one of the the key principles is that much like a car, we have a tank. See, we have what the book calls a love tank, okay? And, And just like your car, 
the minute you crank your car, it's that, that tank starts depleting, right? Well, anybody ever been on E and nowhere with a gas station inside? Anybody? Okay. What happens when you, when that, when you hit E? Yeah, it stops. It dies. And we want to prevent that from happening in our marriage because here's what I'm going to tell you. This is why this is so key, and you got to get this, is your love tank starts depleting the minute your eyes open every morning. Not just yours, your husband, your wife, their love tank starts depleting. And it ain't their job to fill up their love tank. It's ours. Okay? So that's what I'm going to share with you today is the five love languages. The first one, if you'll write this down for me, quality time. Quality time. Now, I shared a little bit earlier that um, I was going to be sharing kind of some of my ways that I have. I've not learned ways to do poorly at marriage. I've just learned a whole bunch of ways that don't work. Okay. So what I'll tell you is that uh, in preparation for today's message, my wife, Jessica, who, by the way, is the most beautiful woman in the room, no matter what room I'm in, even if she ain't in the room, it's just the way that works. Okay. See, for men, what I just said, you can use that. But anyway, so um, her number two love language, by the way, everybody has a primary and a secondary. So if the primary ain't working, sometimes you use the secondary, you know, whatever works. But everybody has like a one through five on these. By the time you get around four, it's really things you don't care about. Three is something you can kind of deal with. Uh, Two is important, but number one, you better learn to speak that fluently. And hers is quality time. But I'll tell you, it's definitely not mine. It's not mine at all. You know what this means? Uh, and, and listen, guys, I'm not going to beat you up today, men. Uh, but, you know, they say you can't really pick on somebody unless you are one, and I are one. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the men. And I hope, I hope that nobody catches an elbow today, okay? Women, if at any point you feel your arm move to this position and draw back a little bit, just put it back down. It's going to be okay. Just put it back down. So um, here's what I've learned, though, is since that's hers and not mine, I have to be willing to compromise. I can't expect her to speak, you know, speak my language if I'm not willing to speak hers. And it's the same way whether it's a he or her, you know, whether it's your wife or your husband. Um, pastor spoke recently about word counts, you know, and how, you know, there, there once was a study where basically they said that, um, you know, men have a lower word count throughout the day than women. And I, I don't necessarily know that that's true. Here's what I feel. I feel like we all have the same word count. But if you work in a job where your job is to talk all day, by the time you're at the dinner table, you got no words. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, that might be me. Because <laughs> I talk to y'all all day, right? By the time I go, I ain't got no, I'm telling her it's the church's fault. It ain't my, anyway. First Peter 4 and 9. In the ESV, and I love the way it puts this, it says, show hospitality to one another without what? Grumbling. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever felt a little grumbly? You know what I mean? Uh, Here's what this means. If your spouse's love language is quality time, which often translates to quality communication, and you sit down at the table and this primal sound comes out of you when he or she says, how was your day? If the first thing that comes out of you sounds a little something like, you are not a zombie or any other kind of creature. Don't, if you make that sound, you have taken a wrong turn. Okay. Um, 
we have this kind of joke in my house, and it's become a joke. It's much like a meme, you know. It's not a meme until it is one, and usually if you got to explain it, it's not that good. So we have this thing in my house. I have a wonderful nine-year-old. He's the coolest kid in the world. Love him to death. He is way too much like his father, and he did inherit my spiritual gift of sarcasm. I got a little bit of that in case you didn't know. Um, so he knows that this question's coming. And for the longest, Jessica would just kind of make this face before she said it. But we'll sit down across from each other at dinner table. He's on the right side because, you know, you got a spot at the dinner table. So I'm on this side. She's over there. He's over here. This chair is for, like, the person that we never invite. And we're all around the table. And he knows it's coming because she's going to say it. And so Christian, he'll lean in. Just waiting. And if she don't say it fast enough, he'll say it for her in the, the weirdest voice. He'll go, <clears throat> how was your day, dear? <laughs> I'm like, I rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> Get thee behind. Um, he knows it's coming because he knows daddy's out of words. But he knows daddy's about to have to do something uncomfortable, which, by the way, men, women, sometimes you got to do something uncomfortable for somebody else. Um, anyway, um, here's what I know is when Jessica says, how was your day? It does not matter how many words I do or do not have left. I better come up with something. And if that's you, you got work to do. Okay. Listen, I'm going to step on some toes today a little bit. And, and I hope you don't get mad. I just, I just want you to know I'm really only doing it because I want to. So I'm going I'm to... I will say this, though, all, seri- all joking aside, I was about to say all seriousness, all joking aside, um, for some people, if their love language is quality time, for some people, and I'm, I know I'm probably going to get an amen here, it, for some people, it just means I need a minute, okay? I need a minute with nothing, okay? So maybe quality time for your, your husband or wife doesn't mean quality conversation. Maybe it means I've had a rough day, I just need a second, and then we'll get there you got to be patient no matter which way it is, okay? It's not a one-size-fits-all. Even within the love languages, there are dialects. I will tell you that Jessica loves it when we get to spend time together. A couple of weeks back, we had a friend um, who had a birthday, and there was going to be this big kind of surprise event. that what, You know how those go. It was supposed to be a surprise, and then the surprise was ruined. But anyway, um, they ended up getting sick, and it was terrible. But I was like, she had already done the hair, and I don't know, whatever y'all do in the bathroom forever. She had already done all that stuff, right? You know, and I was like, oh, no, no. She's like, well, I guess we'll just cancel the sitter. I was like, no, because I know her gift or her love language is quality time. And I'm going to make sure she gets that. So we still had a date night. And by the way, if you don't make time for a date night, don't use the kids as an excuse. You know, pay for a sitter. Okay. Okay. Don't buy that Red Bull and use that money for a sitter, whatever it is you need to do. Galatians 6, 2 in the ESV says this, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. So that means if your spouse has had a rough day at the office, it is your duty to sit there and listen to it. And you don't always got to fix the problems, right? Sometimes they just want to hear. You know, I know if I've had a rough day, sometimes I just want to be heard. Here's what I want you to write down somewhere in the margin on your program. And I didn't put this on the screen or your program because I physically want you to take a pen. You know, the pens that y'all take home every week. I want you to take the pen and write this down because statistics say that if you write something down, you can remember it better. 
So write this down. It's just three simple words, okay? This is going to be the motto for today. As a matter of fact, I want you to go ahead and memorize them. We're going to say them a lot. So loving means learning. Loving means learning. If you aren't willing to learn, then are you really willing to love? Sorry, they went on them toes. I'm sorry. Okay. I do, here's what I want to do for you. I want to kind of move you towards some application. And coming up uh, on March 13th, all the information is on this little business card size or index card size thing. It's your best night out. We're bringing in some of the best guest speakers on marriage that we could possibly find because your marriage or your soon-to-be marriage or your maybe one-day marriage is important enough to start that investment today. So all the information is on the back of your program on this card. I just want to encourage you to join us for that. Uh, you don't want to miss it. And it'll be one of those things where it's like, man, I should have been there. So number two. Number two is this, acts of service. Acts of service. We are going to go all the way back to the very first book of the Bible, second chapter, verse 18, Genesis. Uh, the Lord God said, and men, I better get some amens on this or you are in the doghouse tonight. Uh, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Amen. Some of y'all are going to be in good shape. You know, what I found so interesting about this is that one of the, somebody just got it. That's all right. Hey, here's what I know. I think this is important because if you look at it in context, this is the first lesson that God taught humans is that it's not good for us to be alone. It's not good for us to do things alone. We were meant to help one another. You know, having a helper does not mean, you know, maybe you heard, oh, well, well, that means you're my helper, so you just got to go. That's not what it means. And if you're that guy, stop being a jerk. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Having a helper means that there is cooperation. Okay, we're meant to do things together. You know, you've probably heard you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. It's no different in marriage. If you want to do it all yourself, there ain't all the help in the world can't help you. But if you're willing to compromise and receive that help, man, it's a team effort. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, this is my wife's number one. So, by the way, I got a lot of experience messing this one up. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, her number one is acts of service. And here's, let, let's just break that down. Two simple words. This is what it means. You ready? Ready? It's going to change the world. Help me. Help me. Even if, that means even if I don't need help, help me. Because I want to do it with you. That's what that means. You know, and here's what I'm going to tell you. Men, women, when they help, don't complain about the way they made the bed. Don't complain. Praise them. That's the best bed making I have ever seen, Lord Jesus. And when they leave the room, close the door and fix it. It's okay. They will get better. Amen? Okay. Okay, there is not a special way to fold socks. Anyway, so like I said... This is Jessica's number one. It's not even close for me. Okay? I, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But she needs that help. I'm going to give her that help. Even when she doesn't need help, I'm going to give her that help. I'm going to help till it hurts. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, and here's the thing. You know, Friday is the only day of the week where I turn my phone off. I don't answer it. I'm not available. You know, I'm available to a very select group of people. It's kind of my Sabbath. It's all of our staff Sabbath, as a matter of fact. And you know what I spend my off day doing? 
folding clothes, <laughs> washing dishes, sweeping floors, taking out trash that ain't even full. I will do all those things. And before any of you guys say, are you doing all that housework? I'm going to take your man card. Jack, you can have my man card. I'm rocking a husband card. I am good. I am good. Mm. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but somebody needs to hear it. Now, listen, if there, I will say this. If their love language is not acts of service, you still need to take the trash out. Don't be nasty. Okay? Just saying. Because loving means Learning. Loving means learning. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a main to-do item today, okay? Uh, completely free of charge. It's going to take you about two or three minutes. I'm going to send it to you this week. Some of y'all will Google it before you even get home. And I just, I love you so much. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to send it to you, but here's the next step I want everybody in this room to take, whether you're married or not, because this is going to help you in life, is uh, it's the next step that says, send me the quiz. I made it short and sweet. I'm going to send you a free online love language quiz. And I don't care if you took it whenever the book came out. I don't know if it's 15, 20 years, or however old the book is. Um, I don't care if you've already taken it. Things change because our life and our environment and our situation changes. So do love languages over time. John 13, 35 says this, your love for one another, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I'm just going to let that hang there, and we're going to move on to number three. Y'all aren't listening fast enough. You gotta, I'm talking at a good speed. If you listen faster, we'll get out of here, and y'all can get some lunch. Number three, physical touch. Now, I've already seen some smiles as soon as I said that because this is church, and this is awkward, right? But we've got to talk about it. Okay, we talk about because it it's important, you know, things get tricky here. And here's something crazy about physical touch. I mentioned different dialects within a language is physical touch can mean different things to different people. It can be your and your husband or your and your wife, both of y'all's number one. But it means something different. You know, for some people, yes, let's get awkward for a second. For some people, it does mean sexual intimacy. Okay. Thank you guys for not hollering. For some people, though, it means non-sexual touch. It means hold my hand, sit close to me, hug me when I've had a bad day, hold me when I'm crying. It could mean all those things, but it could still mean the first one, too, just so we're all clear. It could still mean all those things, okay? You know, what's funny, though, is, you know, in church culture, you know, we kind of hug and shake hands on Sunday. And uh, Harry, which you may or may not know Harry, he's an awesome guy. He's, he's on staff. He was just up here uh, uh, helping lead worship. Harry tells me that I am not a hugger. I told him, I said, but Harry, I hug hundreds of people every Sunday. I shake hundreds of more hands every week. I feel like I'm a hugger. As a matter of fact, my number one, sorry, my number one spiritual, or, or not spiritual gift, I almost said, we almost said something we didn't mean to say. My number one love language with my wife is physical touch. And it means all of those things. Okay. Sit close to me, you know, I, wherever she, I told her one time, if she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. Okay. But Harry tells me I'm not a hugger. And while my number one with my wife is physical touch, that's not my number one with everybody. 
As a matter of fact, I like to think that I am a hugger. John Acuff talks about, and y'all know it. You've been in church longer than a minute. You know about the awkward Christian side hug. Y'all know the one? It's like, oh, it's so good to see you, sister, somebody. You know what I mean? I'm the only one. I saw half y'all do it in the lobby today. <laughs> you know, it's the one where nothing inappropriate can possibly happen, and if it does, we just bump them out the way. You know the one? Here's what I want to tell you is I love a good awkward Christian side hug. Those are my favorite. Like if it, but if at any point you hug me and I feel like I might have to flee, we've, we've taken a wrong turn, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm saying, if at any point my spine gets realigned, we, we ain't doing it right. And, and when you do the side hug, you know, we, we got the, the three blessing pats, okay? Four or more reserved for your puppy's head. Three is on the shoulder, you know, God bless you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and don't, talk, don't take any of that the wrong way. I only say it because I really, really mean it. Now, in all seriousness, let's see what the Bible teaches on the most awkward to talk about subject in church. I uh, tried to make y'all laugh a whole bunch there because it's just as weird for me as it is for y'all. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 4 to 5. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. Now, before anybody gets excited, let's keep reading. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, get this, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come back together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Here's what I'm going to tell you that I feel like the Bible is saying right here. If a marriage doesn't have a healthy sex life, they better have the healthiest prayer life you have ever seen. <laughs> it's right there in the Word. I can't make it say something else. I'm talking top knot. Anyway, so... If this is your husband or your wife's primary love language, and it is not a priority for you, for that matter, if any of the love languages are your spouse's number one love language, and it's not a priority for you, if you are not communicating love, what are you communicating? That's good. That's good. Come on. I'm just going to kind of let that marinate like a good steak. You know, for generations, I feel like I grew up in church. Anybody else grow up in church? You know, I can, I can pick on church people because I are one. <laughs> yep. Uh, for generations, I feel like we've, we've, we've done our kids a disservice by teaching them that sex was this awful thing. It was a bad word. And it was this, that, and the other. And, and look, you, you have to talk when you want to. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that uh, with me, I waited two weeks too late. Instead of hearing about what sex is from uh, a, a Christ-following father or mother, for that matter, uh, my kid heard about it from, he's in third grade, he heard about it from some fifth graders on the playground. And before you say, well, Chris, he's nine, isn't that too young? You know, statistics say that the first time your average American child, not boy, your average American child is exposed to pornography is age eight to ten. He's nine, and I was two weeks too late. Not a parenting message, but I think that that might, that might carry for somebody. So uh, back to our main point for today. Loving means learning. Y'all got to wake up with me now. Don't, don't fall behind. All right. Now, remember one thing. 
Don't use what I said today against your husband or wife when it comes to this particular love language. Okay. Now, remember, I'm not saying that if this is your, if physical touch is your primary love language, then whatever it is that you think should be happening every day and every night, it's probably not the case. It's probably not the case. Um, But if you are married to someone who primarily speaks this, always remember that from the moment they woke up, their love tank is depleting. And it's your responsibility as someone who loves them and wants the best for them and wants the best for your marriage and the best example to show your kids whatever their love language is, we got to use that language to fill that tank. And another thing, when you go home and have the awkward conversation, because there will be, you think it's awkward to talk about in church. I have learned that it's way more awkward to talk about some things in marriage than it is in church. I'm the only one. Here's what I want you to always remember. Sometimes how you say something, whether it's a no or a yes or a not today or I'm sorry I can't help with that, sometimes how you say something is even more important than what you say. So just remember that. Number four, the fourth love language is this, receiving gifts. Let me get away from the awkward topic and get to the fun one because everybody loves getting gifts, right? Whether we admit it or not. You know, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm already the luckiest man in the world for marrying Jessica, but I'm extra lucky because Jessica hates getting flowers. She thinks they're a waste of money. She thinks they're going to die anyway. She doesn't want that reminder sitting around the house, you know. But guess what? If I send her flowers to her job on a day where the other ladies didn't get it, Ooh, I am king in the castle, church. Mm. And let me tell you something. Men, I want you, men, women, whoever, I want you to feel, feel welcome to use that. If your wife works with my wife or your husband works with my wife, don't you dare use that. That's mine. Okay, February 13th is my day to send flowers. That's right. Somebody will get that in a minute. You know, but while, while everybody loves getting gifts, some people do it different than others. Uh, some, some people just... They like getting gifts, but they don't receive them well. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and it immediately just felt awkward? Like maybe they were like those goats where if you scare them, they, you know the ones, the fainting goats? I know some people like that. And if you can't give them a gift without it getting weird, okay? I mean, it could be a coffee mug. Don't even got coffee in it, whatever. So Hebrews 13, 16 says this, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with, what, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. See, giving gifts, if that's their love language, uh, it, it should be sacrificial. And that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to break the bank. Sometimes you've got you, you, you to sacrifice some of your mental ability. You've got to put some thought into that present. And I'm going to tell you something. If you wait until, until you need to say, I'm sorry to give a gift, you have waited too long. You know, God modeled this for us. It's one of the, the love languages that God modeled for each and every one of us. The most quoted pastor passage in Scripture is John 3.16. But we're going to look at verse 17 after it as well. Okay, so this is what it says. This is how much God loved the world. He gave. Let's say that again. You say it with me. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. And it continues. God didn't go 
to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. So I'm sorry if you've ever felt that way, but that's not the case. He did not send Jesus just to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. And that is the reason you drove here today. Because had that not happened, this wouldn't happen. But just like any gift, God's gift has to be received. You ever tried to receive something with your hands closed? You've got to be willing to receive that. Now, I'm going to tell you, we've tried to make that an easy-to-take next step for you. Um, there's a prayer in your program called the Prayer to Become a Christ Follower. And if that's you and you're like, hey, all this stuff that I'm learning about my marriage is good, but I need him first. By the way, he comes first in every relationship. But if that's you and you're ready to take that step and you pray that prayer today, I just want to encourage you to check that on your connection card. And here's why. I just want to pray for you this week. I want to pray for you this week. Number five, I know more about this one than any of them. Because while physical touch is my number one in my marriage, this is my number one everywhere else. And my number two in marriage is words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. If you don't know what that is, uh, uh, think encouraging, kind words. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs 16, 24, it says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, healthy for the body. I'm sorry if that just made you hungry, but it's true. Everybody loves a kind word. As a matter of fact, we, 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 we go the opposite direction from that negative person in the corner cubicle, Right? Right? Y'all, y'all got problems with telling stories in church today because everybody has that one person. Okay, you, you've heard the expression, you know, everybody knows that guy, don't be that guy. Everybody avoids that guy because that guy doesn't know how to encourage anybody. The sky is always falling with that guy. He's an Eeyore. <laughs> and by the way, if you have a circle of friends and you don't know who Eeyore is, you might need to change your perspective on life. Don't be a donkey. And leave it at that. First, uh, First Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Yes. You know, it took, took a little, uh, several times reading through that to get it. You know, why is he telling them to do something that they're already doing? It's because it's important enough. You know, people can get through way more with an encouraging word than they can an accusing finger Amen. or a you forgot again yes. or a you forgot to put that in the mail or you folded the clothes wrong. <laughs> Sorry, that one stings a little bit. But so much more with a word of encouragement. As a matter of fact, Paul, a tent builder, which is odd. I always thought it was weird that Paul was a tent builder and a in a hometown where they were boat builders. I don't know what a tent has to do with anything in the boats, but he was different. And I feel like God was preparing him. Uh, and, and the words he used for build each other up was actually a construction term for reinforce, strengthen. And if your words aren't doing that, what are they doing? I can't answer that for you. But I can tell you from personal experience, if that's your love language and you're not hearing it, it's a rough day. I've shared all this with you today and 
you know, maybe you're sitting here and I've been married 45 years. Why does it matter? It matters because your marriage matters. Better marriages lead to better families and better families lead to better communities and better communities shape the world. It's important. You matter. You matter. You know, we believe here at SCC that the best thing we can do for our next generation, the best thing we can do for the kids is to help parents get better. You know, I hear, it's an unfortunate thing, but I do hear it, and you've probably heard it before. We're, we're only still together because of the kids. If that's you today, don't blame your misery and lack of work ethic on your children. It ain't their fault. Not when it's your unwillingness to learn. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and invite you to stand up with me. They're about to lead us in worship. And one of the lines from the song, it simply says, your love won't give up on me. It's a beautiful song if you haven't heard it. Beautiful song. I want to encourage you. You know, the song is a reflection of God. He'll never give up on you, no matter what. No matter where you've been, what you've been doing, what you're going to do, you're not going to be perfect. So don't convince yourself that way. But whatever it is, wherever you're at, he's not going to give up on you. And we, as Christ followers, are supposed to follow Jesus' example. You know, maybe you came in today and you're on the verge of making a very hard decision. I want to encourage you. I hope that today's message strengthened you, that it helped you, that it built you up that it gave you some ideas, some practical things that you can do to get better. Because don't make any mistake on this. I don't have all this down. I'm working on it too. You're not by yourself. We said earlier that loving means, loving means learning. Because as I told you earlier, you don't want to be a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You don't want to just be noise. You want to communicate love because if you cannot communicate love, then you cannot communicate your love. Let's pray. Father God, I know that as we've moved through this series on marriage, that, that marriages are coming under attack. God, I know that, that, that the devil doesn't mess with you if he's already got you. And if he's messing with these couples in here today or watching at home online, I know it's because they're taking better steps. And God, when they feel their very weakest, and they've taken two steps forward and one step back. I, I just ask that you, you, you fill them with your, your, your love and your mercy and your grace so that they'll still remember the one step they've taken forward because that's not nothing. Father, we thank you for bringing us together to learn and to worship you today. And I just ask that you bless everyone here, as you bless everyone watching at home, that, that you strengthen our marriages because we really do that that's the start of a better world. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.